Hey, hey guys, how are you? Welcome to November. Is it cold where you are? It's getting colder here. I don't enjoy the cold. I like 60 degree weather or warmer. I really hope you all enjoyed my spooky season episodes. Had a couple of friends guesting and told some gross cases. But today, we are going to pick back up with our first serial killers saga. So today we're going to begin again with Indiana. Warning. The following case depicts death by multiple causes, including poison and fire. Listener discretion is advised. Bell Gunnis was born Brynhild Paulsdatter Storseth on November 11, 1859, in Norway. She moved to the United States when she was around 22 years old in 1881. Fun fact, I'm actually recording this on November 11th. While being processed as an immigrant, she officially changed her name to Belle and then traveled to Illinois to stay with her sister Nellie, who had immigrated several years earlier. Belle was around 5 foot 7 inches tall and weighed about 210 pounds. Now, I truly believe her size was mostly due to the type of work that she did. She was all muscle. She had been a domestic servant, or a maid, if you will. And then she worked in a butcher shop. It takes a lot of muscle. In 1884, she married a man by the name of Mads Sorensen, The couple owned a candy store that, unfortunately, burned to the ground. Their home would also burn down, allowing the couple to cash out two insurance policies. Now, allegedly, two babies died in the home due to inflammation of the intestine which is caused by poisoning. Bell had taken out two life insurance policies on both children, allowing her to cash out very large sums. They never give the exact amounts. Not for them. Sorensen also had two life insurance policies on himself. One was about to expire when Sorensen died unexpectedly of a cerebral hemorrhage on July 30th, 1900. 
Bell explained he had come home that day with a headache, so she gave him quinine powder. When she went to check on him, he had passed away. She was able to collect the insurance money from both policies as they were both active that day. She walked away with $5,000, which today translates to $183,207.74. With her $5,000 in hand, she bought a pig farm in LaPorte, Indiana, which is about an hour and a half outside of Chicago. Now, for those who may be wondering, quinine is a natural bitter substance that comes from the bark of the chinchona tree in the Andes. It it used to be used as an anti-malarial drug. Not as much now. Um, But yeah. I was curious what quinine really was, so in case anyone else was wondering, that's what it's for. On April 1st, 1902, Bell married a man by the name of Peter Gunnis. One week later, his infant daughter died of unknown causes. While in the care of Bell, A mere eight months later, Peter would die from a crushing head injury. Literally. According to Bell, he was reaching for something on a high shelf and a meat grinder fell on his head, crushing it. The coroner convened a jury because he suspected murder, but nothing ever came of it, and Bell ended up walking away with $3,000, which would be $1,368.26 in today's money. Now, Bell never remarried right away. And after Peter, she never remarried at all. She did, however, start putting marriage ads in the Chicago papers around 1905. Henry Gerholt, who was a farmhand from Wisconsin, answered her very first ad. He decided to travel to LaPorte to meet Bell and see how he liked the farm. He wrote his family, stating he did, in fact, like the farm, and he would appreciate it if they would send him some seed potatoes. When they never heard from him again, they contacted Bell, who told them that he had went with some horse traders to Chicago and she hadn't heard from him after that. 
She kept his trunk and his fur overcoat, though. In 1906, after several months of correspondence, John Moe decided to travel to the farm to meet Belle in person. He withdrew a large amount of cash and then disappeared. A carpenter that worked at the farm from time to time noticed that John Moe's trunk was still at the house along with several others. In April 1908, the Laporte farmhouse would burn down. While searching the ruins, the authorities found the body of a headless woman they assumed to be Belle and the bodies of her three children. Further investigation revealed the remains of 11 other bodies. The police were contacted by a man named I hope I don't butcher it Azel Helgeling I hope I said that right. In regards to his missing brother, Andrew. He had found correspondence between Belle and Andrew that involved her asking him to move to Laporte, bring money, and keep the move a secret. As they searched the farm, they noticed soft depressions where the pig pen was. After a gentle dig, they discovered a gunny sack with two hands, two feet, and a head. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this man's name, and I am so sure that I am butchering it. Azel was able to recognize the head as his brother Andrew. After the discovery, authorities started searching more of the soft depressions around the yard. They ended up finding multiple burlap sacks with body parts that were all butchered the same way and blunt trauma to the skull. After finding five bodies on the first day, and six bodies on the second, the police stopped keeping track. In November 1908, Ray Lamfer, who had been a hired hand and the on-again, off-again lover of Bell, was arrested and convicted for arson of the farmhouse. He confessed that Bell was basically luring men to the farmhouse to steal from them, and then she would kill them. He also admitted he was the one that buried the bodies. However, he told the authorities that the body they believed to be Bell Gunnis was in fact a victim, and Bell had fled the area. He stated she had asked him to burn the farmhouse with her children inside and make it look like the whole family perished in the fire. This confession would later be countered by a confession Lemphere gave 
a Reverend Edward Shell. <clears throat> In this confession, he stated he had killed Belle and her children by way of axe. He then sprinkled kerosene on the bodies and lit the house on fire, effectively assuring she was not a fugitive, as he had earlier said. Bell was officially declared dead, even though the coroner stated the body was five inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter than Bell was. Now, I don't know about you, but a typical head is not going to weigh 50 pounds. There were several reported sightings of Bell around Chicago, but none ever led to an arrest. In 2008, they attempted to test the DNA of the headless corpse to DNA found on a letter that Bell had written. The sample was too degraded and unable to be used. The Laporte Historical Society Museum has a permanent exhibit for Belle Gunness and her crimes. So what do you think? Do you think Belle Gunness was actually roaming free to kill more? Or did she die at the hands of her lover? Personally, I think she may have ran. I think the first confession from Ray was the correct confession. Of course, it's purely speculation because we'll never know. So, if you've been following the podcast since October, then you know that I have set some goals. I would really appreciate your help completing them. I I can't complete these goals without you guys. My first goal is to reach 50 followers on Spotify. If I reach the 50, I will do a sour candy challenge during a live on Facebook and possibly Twitch. I currently have 44 Spotify followers. If I reach a thousand listeners in 60 days, I will do a spicy food challenge. And if I get to a hundred Spotify followers, I will do the Bean Boozled challenge. So if you guys could go follow me and make sure you're listening and sharing the podcast with your friends and family and anybody that you think would enjoy it I would really appreciate that but until next time stay true and whatnot bye guys